Millville Atlantic City. This is the Sports Bash with Mike Gill on 97.3 ESPN. Now, live inside the Matt Black Kia Studios, here's Mike Gill. A happy hour Friday as we get you ready for Eagles and Steelers. It's a busy day, as always, here on the Sports Bash. Mike Gill, Hunter Brody, Josh Henning's producing today's show. You out there, what's up, everybody? Our fine friends on a happy hour Friday as we get you nice and liquidly lubricated for the weekend. It's also a Sal Pal Friday, Sal Pal Antonio 2.30 today, had to change off the 3 o'clock time. Had something come up, I guess, but he said 2.30 will work. So Sal Powell at 2.30 today instead of his normal 3 o'clock time. Chad Millman from the Action Network joins us. Football Friday, uh, excuse me, football at 4 with Jeff Mosher. Levon Kirkland, former Steeler and Eagles linebacker, will join us in the 4 o'clock hour. Our happy hour Friday with the PT at 5. And Casey Joyner has one thought on every game in the 5 o'clock hour tonight. Broads, what's going on? Happy Hour Fridays, what's going on? I know, it's exciting. We got no soccer in the pipeline today. There's a little pause on the soccer season. Now, why is that? I guess because of the... Uh, international break. International break. I don't know if that's the case, but it seems like that's reasonable to say. That's what my uh, sources tell me. Oh, your sources. You got <laughs> soccer sources now. You're unbelievable. You really are. Oh, man. Well, uh, I don't know, man. Uh, we started yesterday with that Yankee stuff. They won last night. We got game five tonight. We got uh, the deciding game series. Now it's going to be Garrett Cole and Tyler Glass now. So you're going to get uh, two guys pitching on short rest. You know, we kind of hammered the Yanks yesterday. They uh, proved me to be uh, a little jumping before the gun, which I'm happy for to get a game five. They got to close it out tonight. So uh, did you watch that last night? Where were we on last night? Because I got to tell you, the, Monday, the, the Thursday night football game I was in on but, man, oh, man, Nick Foles was a tale of two Knicks. Oh, no. See, I am devastated when it comes to the Nick Foles winning. I'm, I am actively rooting against Nick Foles because of the morons in this area that support Nick Foles. It got to me. It did. It got to me. It got to me. The way that people treat Nick Foles got to me so much that now I actively want him to lose. Well, I'm not to that. I mean, I'm not that. I don't have any hate towards the guy at all. Oh, I appreciate not, right. what I he did. I think he's a great person. It really has nothing to do with him. It's just so I can't stand the oh, other dude. individuals. And I normally don't let that affect me. So last night during the game, they made the comment that he had not won a regular season. He had not won a game that he started. Now, I, for some reason, my brain said Super Bowl. But they said the wild card, the double doink game. But I tweeted out, huh, how about this? I mean, like. I wasn't trying to hate on the guy. I just thought it was a stat that most people watching the game would have heard. The people coming after me, like, you hate Nick Foles. I'm like, I don't hate Nick Foles. I just thought it was kind of like an eye-opening stat that he hasn't won a game since the, the wild card double doink game. Like, jeez, calm down, well, that's, everybody. See, that's why I feel the way I do, because there is a fan base of Nick Foles out there, and, and this is why I get upset. So we can all agree that Nick Foles throughout that game was horrendous. Missing wide open throws. Well, I would say this. He was bad early. Okay. He got hot late. But let and me it's explain. what Nick Foles is. He's very streaky and he's he was real bad early and he made some really good throws, I thought, later on. Well let me explain why I get bothered then. Because yes, you are you are right. He started out horrendous and then he started to play better. Carson Wentz 
so many times throughout his career would start out slow, miss wide open throws, miss a guy here, throw it too far there. And then by the end of it, he makes a beautiful throw to Fulgham. And you know what the conversation is afterwards? The conversation is, yeah, but Carson Wentz missed so many throws in the beginning. He was awful through the first three quarters. He can't be doing that. Even though he came up with the clutch throw, he can't be doing that. Yet with Nick Foles, with all these Nick Foles lovers that would rather have him than Carson Wentz, those first three quarters don't matter to them. All that mattered is he had a clutch throw late and that's where I don't think that it's fair and I can't support that logic I agree like look my my cousin texted me last night why do you hate Nick Foles I said I don't hate Nick Foles I appreciate what he did he is what he is he is a unbelievable enigma what a story he is but I mean he's not playing very well by the way they brought the stat up on the Thursday night game last night it wasn't me like diving into pro football reference to go find when was the last time he, they brought it up on the game and I kind of was like huh that's kind of interesting like he hasn't won a game as a starter since uh the, the playoff game I, I want to bring up that throw though that that lob throw that he th- was that Allen Robinson who caught the ball there at the end to get that big first down you know what play I'm talking about though he threw it down the left sideline it was like a lob right in between three defenders and he caught it, it was a little bit thrown behind him if Carson Wentz made that throw, you would hear criticism that the throw was thrown behind him and it, we didn't place it in the right spot. Like, there is this obsession with every throw that Carson Wentz makes needs to be 100% perfect or he's not a good quarterback. Well, Yet I mean, when Nick Foles makes this throw, the wide receiver had to turn around. He had to catch it. It wasn't re- necessarily a good throw. His receiver just caught the ball. Well, the throw that he made that was intercepted, Robinson caught it and then, like, kicked it in the air. I mean, he was bad early. He had the guy, of course, wide open down the field. He just absolutely – he was bad early. And then he tightened it it up. He made a great throw to Jimmy Graham, but Graham made a hell of a catch. Like – in reality, yes, it yeah, but was. That's where, a good spot to throw it. But that's what—that's where we always have this conversation of you need guys to go out there and make the play. Yes, he put it in an area, but that's all he did. All he did right there was put it in an area, and then your playmaker has to do the other side of it. And and I think that's the difference, though. At times, yet if Wentz made that throw, it would be criticized. The throw would be criticized more so than the playmaker. And that's where the frustration comes out with me. It's how Nick Foles is viewed compared to how Carson Wentz is viewed. Carson Wentz apparently needs to be this insanely perfect quarterback when the guy that people love, like Nick Foles, he has a free pass, he can play bad three quarters, and he wins 20-19, to may I add, and he's some magic guy where the defense was the reason why <laughs> well, they won the game. That's the big thing, though, is... People get on this, you know, all he does is win. They just figure out a way to win. It doesn't matter if he plays well or not. And you're right. The the Bears' defense played very well last night. You know, that was an interesting, like, all right, so here's how much I care about Tom Brady not shaking Nick Foles' Good. I'm glad you go down this way. I have a 0.0 percentage of caring that Tom Brady did not shake Nick Foles' hand. My percentage of caring about that is, is 0.0. Yet, my Twitter timeline is about 98% that Tom Brady did not shake Nick Foles' hand. By the way, you're not even really supposed to be shaking anybody's hand right now. That's number one. Yeah. Number two, do we really sit there and analyze whether or not Tom Brady made the effort to go run out to the middle of the field to seek out Nick Foles and shake his hand? 
I don't get it. I don't get the fascination with he's not shaking Nick Foles' hand. Now, is it a little weird based off of you seeing Tom Brady do it with other quarterbacks after the game? Sure, it's a little weird. You think a little weird, but like, I don't care. You think he legitimately doesn't like Nick Foles? I think there is something behind it. How can you not like it. Nick Foles, by I, the way? I'm with you, but there is a reason why he's not shaking his hand and shaking other people's hands after games, right? Like, I don't care at all. I honestly could not care less about him shaking or not shaking a hand. Oh, I could care less than less. Right. I don't I'm, care I'm with at you. all. I don't care at all. Like, the fact that this is even being discussed right now, shame on you for bringing it up to begin with. <laughs> well, I mean, my timeline's filled <laughs> with know, it. I'm like, I, I don't care that Tom Brady did not shake Nick Foles' hand last night. I just don't care. I don't understand why people get so bent out of shape about stuff like that. Like, all righty, the game was over. He ran into the locker room, and that was it. Do you think he let his teammates eat food last night? There was a moment there where you were all give, giving him the goat status, and I'm thinking to myself, this is exactly what you shame a guy like Michael Jordan for doing. No, no, no. I'm okay with Michael Jordan getting in the face of his players. I'm not okay with Michael Jordan saying you're not allowed to eat food. <laughs> well, There's a if, big difference. What if I told you Brady... I'm pretty sure it would be, if, if they did a documentary on Brady, you would find out that Brady treated people like that. Well, then I would totally change my stance on how I feel about him. I'm okay with your quarterback getting in the face of guys and screaming. I love that stuff. That's that's winning attitude you, stuff. You know what's funny? I just got an alert on my phone, and it's Nick Foles not miffed after being snubbed by Tom Brady. That's serious? the alert I just got on my phone. As we're talking about it, that alert comes on my phone. Nick Foles not miffed after being snubbed by Tom Brady. Did you see Nick Foles, by the way, looking for the handshake? He did look sad. It's like, wow, what's going on here? Well, he was that standing out there. Yeah, looking around. How about him getting in the face of Matt Nagy a little bit? I like that part. You like that? Although there was a time when Brady was ripping into whoever he was ripping into, and they went to the punt. I said, I would have much rather seen who Brady was screaming at, what he was saying, more so than the damn punt. Like, somebody's got to stay on the sideline and just keep that on there. By the way, Foles said, I didn't realize the camera was even on me. I was looking for him real quick. We'll find time down the road. Oh, I'm glad. I don't think he feels uh, as uh, heard about this as, as the people out there. My God. Yeah, it is pretty wild. That's the takeaway of the 20-19 to game. How about Tom Brady thinking that he had an extra down? That was weird, huh? Yeah, the audacity to scream at the teammate and then forget what down it was. The audacity to lay into that yeah, guy. you got to be more prepared than that. Yeah, I was a little surprised, I mean, that Brady kind of... He made uh, a mistake. He made a mistake. He made yeah, a mistake. Pretty big mistake. i got to say, though, <laughs> my God, there was a point in the game, Mac is just handing that left tackle his lunch. I felt bad. I literally I felt bad for that guy on the play where Brady gets sacked, and the guy tries to help him up, and Brady doesn't even take his hand. Did you not, like, the the look on Brady's face was almost like, what the hell am I doing here? Why did I choose to come here? Like, seriously, it was like, really? This this guy, he got his ass handed to him. Whoever that tackle, Smith, he, he got destroyed last night. Absolutely. And then there's a play that's all over the place where the guy gets rock-bottomed by Khalil Mack. I mean, Mack just hip-tossed his ass, flew him across the ring. I mean, it was – that guy got his lunch handed to him all day long, all night long last night. And that sack where Brady gets sacked and he just looks up, he's like, dude, really? And the poor guy's like, come on, let me help you up. And he's like, I don't need your help, dude. I don't need your help. I mean, I don't know. My takeaway from that game is 
I wanted to believe in Tampa. I thought Brady played pretty well. His line, not so good. He was missing some weapons. You know, Godwin's not there. But overall, I was she wanted a roommate not who could help with, with the cooking, either one of those she teams. The Bears' defense is pretty good, but that we so knew. Now, there were some questionable play calls well, I want to get your opinion on. So oh, the, 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 which one? What are you going to go? Obviously, the call that they throw a pass late in the game. What the hell is he doing? First off, can we start here? How many times was the quarterback hit and they threw the flag for a late hit to keep drives going? I mean, come on. A lot of those were very questionable. The quarterback gets hit. They threw the flag on every single play last night. Ricky Bell was fired up. I saw him tweeting away. What's going on here? Because you touched the quarterback. Here's all these flags, 15-yard penalty, personal foul. It was a little bit of a joke. But the field goal, fourth quarter, when the Tampa Bay Buccaneers took the lead 19-17, it was fourth and one around like the 10-yard line or so. They were down. A field goal gives you the lead. Come on. You got to go for it well, there, no? they went for it on fourth and one on their own 19. Yeah. And they ran a quarterback sneak with Brady, and they barely got that. I mean, I know, they go for it on their own 19, and they don't go for that? Exactly. That's what I'm thinking. I'm going, that's absolutely nuts. Then, Matt Nagy was actually getting questioned because he punted the ball away. It was about two minutes and a half left. He had three timeouts, and I thought, look, you got the two-minute warning and three timeouts? I totally support punting the ball here. But he was getting roasted for punting the ball down two points in that moment. Worked out in his favor. I mean, that, that was a good idea by Matt Nagy there, but... Passing the ball later on was where you can well, question. And then they had, you know, you saw the video of Foles getting into it. I don't know if he was getting into it. Though. I think he was just like. Explaining some shit. He was like fired up. Not at hate, but he We've was got his cute little because, lemon number. And oh, they talked so about funny. it on the broadcast, oh, which was. I'm in here. Foles got into a rhythm. He wanted to get right back up on the ball. And Nagy had him huddling up. And, and Foles was saying, look. When we're going like that and we get that first down, we got to keep going, going, going. And he's and I, you can't read Nagy's lips because he's got the mask on, but he must have been like, wait, what, what are you talking about? He's like, no, I don't care about that. We get a first down. We got to keep going, going, going. So you can see that Foles certainly is a much better leader and in command of his team than Trubisky would be. Oh, absolutely. So Dan Orlovsky tweeted when that play happened. This is what he said. Foles is telling Nagy that when the play, then they play with tempo and the play works, do not stop. Keep pushing the tempo and not allowing the defense to get new people on the field or talk about plans. He wants tempo on the ball dictating the defense. So, yeah, it makes a lot of sense. I mean, this defense was crushing them. If if they are able to, you know, cut, well, the, the Buccaneers defense, that is, if they're able to get that tempo going and keep moving, keep moving, the Buccaneers don't have time to settle in and do what they want to do. The Bears offense can groove and get going. And that's what you saw Nick Foles kind of telling the head coach. But, you know, it's interesting to see someone like Nick Foles really stepping up in there and be like, yo, Nagy, this is what we're doing. You know, it's Nick Foles. Well, and that's what, you know, Foles is, you know, there's certain things that Foles is very good at. You know, he is a good leader, which I really like about that. Like, to me, you know, Foles is limited in certain areas. He doesn't move very well. I mean, he's very streaky. I think we have seen that if you play Foles full-time, he struggles. He's good coming in in certain spurts. He's good in, in, in burst. If you started him for 16, he's going to get a chance right now. He's going to get a chance to be a starter over, I don't want to say a 16 games. He's going to play virtually the whole year now. Um, he got three and a half games in Jacksonville, and they saw enough and said, not good enough, man. They moved on from him quickly. And that's not the first time. Look, if you're this great quarterback, everyone's looking for quarterbacks in this league. Everyone. 
and multiple teams have had their hands and chances to get him. He's been in Philly. He's been in Los Angeles. He's been in Kansas City. He's been in Jacksonville, and now he's in Chicago. How many great quarterbacks have bounced around that much? Not too many. I got the answer for you. None. All right? Ryan Fitzpatrick. He's a Ryan Fitzpatrick. He's a guy that Fitzpatrick can light you up for a game. But then he'll play three weeks where you're like, where the hell was the guy that threw for 400 yards the other week? And then he'll light you up again. He gives you these moments. He had that moment in the playoffs and the Super Bowl for the Eagles. I think Eagles fans have this uh, delusions of that he's going to be the guy that won the Super Bowl in a 16-game season week in and week out. Look, you guys have to come to terms with he gave you the best football moment you'll ever have, most likely. You're not recreating that. He had a chance to recreate it the following year, and he didn't play very well in the game, in the playoff game. Um, they beat the, the he Bears. He didn't even play well against the Falcons the year they won the Super Bowl. They just won because their defense. Yeah. He didn't even play well that game. They, they played the Bears, and then they played, who was the? Saints, um, New Orleans Saints and Alshon Jeffrey dropped the ball. Correct. He did not play very good in that game. He did not play very good in the Bears game. He had a chance to relive the year before. How many people get that chance? The backup quarterback wins the Super Bowl. You're not the starter of the next year. And then you get a chance to recreate it. He didn't recreate it. I think we saw that magic. It was a magical run. I think we all have to just let it go. Let it go, everybody. It was great. Like People are like, what's with the fault? Nobody hates Nobody hates Nick Foles. In fact, everybody out there should embrace this guy and love this guy. He gave the Eagles a Super Bowl. But if you're still watching these games thinking, man, the Eagles should have kept him, you got to let it go, man, because they're not recreating what that run was. It will never be recreated. You'll never be able to live that 2017 season again. Never. It's not happening. Nick Foles had a chance to do it the next year. It was almost recreatable, and he couldn't get it done. And then he went to Jacksonville. He couldn't get it done there. He got beat out by Trubisky this year. And well, now he's in. He gets a chance to be the starter there on a pretty good team. They're 4-1. I don't hate Nick Foles, the person. I just root against him because I allowed, and this is a flaw on myself, I allowed other individuals to get to me with how much they love uh, Nick Foles. I know. I, so like it's I a said, flaw. It's a flaw by me. all night last night because I tweeted out that he was 0-5 since the, the double doink game. And I'm like, I didn't even come up with the stat. I heard it on the game. I mean, calm down, everybody. I, I just can't get over. If Carson Wentz played the same game Nick Foles just did, where they scored 20 points, only 20 points, and if Carson Wentz had a horrendous first half, missed so many wide-open throws – it would be viewed differently than Nick Foles coming back and being this epic, great comeback guy. It would just be viewed differently with the same exact game played. And that's where I just can't justify it. I can't. I got to root against the guy. I'm sorry. I'm not rooting against him. I'd like to see him play very well. Now, this text here says it's ridiculous what the Foles hate. He broke all Drew Brees' record in Texas high school and played nearly perfect in the Super Bowl. Foles is a player that almost always has had an injury that stops his momentum to remain the starter. Well, that's a problem. When you have a guy who you can't count on because he's hurt a lot. He got hurt in Jacksonville last year. Jacksonville paid the guy $80 million, and he got hurt. That's another problem is haven't been able to count on Nick. The injuries have been a problem for him as well. Look, just embrace that he won you a Super Bowl and stop living on the past. Don't be a Cowboy fan. Don't be the guy who cares about the Super Bowl from 1996 and just go back to that every single time for the last 30 years 
that nothing has gone the Cowboys' way. You go, you're the guy that goes back to, well, we won five Super. I don't care. That's Nick Foles. I don't care that Nick Foles won the Super Bowl. I appreciate it. I've moved on with my life. And Cowboy fans should move on with their lives. The Giants fans who have their Super Bowl uh, should move on with their lives. Just move on from it. He did something great. Can't Can't recreate that. Just move on there. Everybody needs to move on. With all due respect to the texter, I don't give a damn about high school stats. Should that be something that I take pride in with Nick Foles? Did he say something about Texas high school? Uh, no, yeah, exactly. I mean, uh, come there's on. plenty of high school stats. I bet you Dan Orlovsky broke somebody's records, and he wasn't a very good. You know, there's a lot of yeah, guys out high there. High school. Come on. Yeah, I, Gino, was, I was scoring 50 Gino goals Toretta a season. Gino broke every Miami football record. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, was, I was scoring 50 goals a season in high school. I'm not a goal scorer. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what do you mean? The Rams and Jags were pathetic organizations that Foles went to. How can we let it go when our quarterback stinks? Yeah, see, that's where I wouldn't even give that guy a time of day. No, you, and you know what? That 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 proves our point, kind of. He said the Rams and Jags were pathetic organizations. Uh, Jared Goff was the first pick in the draft because the Rams were not very good. They traded up to get that spot, but they're not a good organization. But Goff got them to a Super Bowl. The great quarterbacks, as you're trying to, tr- you know, you're saying they elevate the team out of being a lousy organization. So, Right, if Nick Foles was some great quarterback, they, and if that organization is such a dumpster fire, he would have helped them get to that Super Bowl as well, is what you're saying. Yeah, I mean, if you're a quarterback that's truly a special quarterback, you elevate that team to another level. Uh, by the way, he's saying our quarterback stinks. Well, the Eagles have still been to the playoffs without Foles here. Whence they got to the playoffs last year without Nick Foles. Remember, when Nick Foles only had the chance to win the Super Bowl because Carson Wentz had him at eleven and one when he got hurt or whatever, whatever they eleven and one, eleven and two. Yeah, something like so that. So Nick Foles doesn't have the chance to win the Super Bowl if Carson Wentz wasn't basically playing at an MVP level. So come on, guys. Stop it. I, I right. don't get how you can say Carson Wentz stinks. I can see being frustrated with him. I can see being, you know, upset with how he's played over the first three games specifically. But to look at him and go, this guy is a bad quarterback, that's just not true. That's just you having some sort of bias towards him or something. Does he make mistakes? Absolutely. Tom Brady missed wide open throws yesterday. He did. He missed wide open throws. I've seen Drew Brees. I've seen Rodgers. These elite guys that everybody wants Carson Wentz to be, I've seen them all miss a ton of throws as well. That's not to say that Carson Wentz can't be better. He needs to be. But I can't believe that people really look at Carson Wentz and think that he just stinks. I can't stand him. It's a joke to me. Uh, By the way, Foles outside of Philadelphia with the Rams, Jaguars, Bears, and Chiefs. He is 6-12 with 18 touchdowns and 15 interceptions. Carson Wentz is 33-26. He has 101 touchdowns and only 42 interceptions. So, look, Nick has a great run here. His record and statistics in other areas have not been so good. Cherish the moment that he gave you. Embrace it, but don't harp on it. Don't live on that. Move forward past it. Don't be Cowboys sniffer who goes back and just only cares about 1996 Super Bowls. Move on from it. Don't be that guy. Uh, This guy says, I can't believe you guys are Eagles fans. To me, Foles is a god forever. He can be a god forever, but you you can't just say, Man, in the it, that Super Bowl happened in 2017. It's now 2020. You can't keep hoping that 2017 is going to be recreated in 2020. Yeah, what are we going to be living in two, you know, 2050 and be like, "Ah, oh, Nick Foles, he's a god." No. 
You got to turn the page at some point. Right, like the 49ers once said, hey, guess what? I got to move on from Joe Montana. It was time. Like, okay, he was great. He won Super Bowls there, but you got to move on, right? Can't do it. Patriots moved on from Tom Brady. They sure did. And look, Brady lost last night, 3-2. and He didn't shake hands either. Sports Bash is brought to you by Bacharach, the only newer recovery robots in South Jersey. Know your rights to access the most advanced rehab available today. Visit Bacharach.org for more info. Sal Pal, ESPN Sal Pal Antonio for a Sal Pal Friday is coming up on the other side. Chad Millman from the Action Network. Tonight we got high school football at 7, followed by the Yankees and the Rays. We'll pick that game up in progress, game number 5. So turn us on, leave us on all day long right here on the Sports Bash Live on 97.3 ESPN. And don't forget the free mobile app powered by First Bank of Sea Isle. Off-season. By no means are we a finished product. What off-season? It's football at 4. Every day at 4. At bottom of the hour, it is a Sal Pal Friday. Sal Pal Antonio and his appearances uh, thanks to uh, the Griner team at Burger Realty in Ocean City and Upper Township. Over 35 years experience. That's Johnny G who brings us... Uh, Sal Pal every Friday here on the Sports Bash. He uh, makes his appearance courtesy of those guys, and uh, he's kind enough to join us on the Boardwalk Honda Hotline. The Eagles get off the schneid last week, Sal Pal. You called a cover. You didn't say they were going to be an outright winner. Yeah, well, I'm not crazy. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, you know, I know where to lay the money sometimes. Once in a while, Mike, Mike Kill, once in a while. Thank you to Johnny G, grinder team at the Burger Realty. Great guys down in Ocean City. Thank you for supporting this radio station and my appearance on this great show. I really appreciate it. Looking forward to seeing him down in Ocean City soon. Well, I know he's happy with an Eagle win. And uh, how'd they get it done, man? What what was different? How did they pull it together on the road against you know a banged up but good San Francisco team? What changed? What impressed you? Defense make the quarterback turn the ball over. That's uh, that's an important number one, two, and three. And then once in a while make plays. Who needs Alshon Jeffrey when you got Travis Fulgham? Come on. Uh, I think that's that that was obviously uh, extremely important. Carson went telling him as they were going into the huddle, "Be ready, man. You know you got to be ready when your number's called, Mike Gill." And I would say that those are number one and number two. And then Jordan Mailata played right out of his Australian cleats. <laughs> well, they got a tough one this week against Pittsburgh. So let's kind of focus on that because you just mentioned a lot of guys who are going to have to be counted on again. Alshon Jeffrey will not play. I would imagine that Deshaun Jackson is not going to play. And if he does, he's probably limited again. So you're looking at the same core of wide receivers. You got Mailata lined up against Bud Dupree. Can they uh, recreate what they did on Sunday night? Well, that's a big loaded question, and I would say the answer is no. They won't be able to recreate exactly what happened on Sunday night. First of all, the Steelers are not going to turn the ball over. Ben Roethlisberger, you know, he's been pretty honest about the fact that the NFL canceled the game in Tennessee and what it did to the psyche of the team. They were on a roll. He comes back from elbow surgery. He's got it all going on, then he got to shut it down unexpectedly. An unexpected buy, I realize that's the tough break in the city and what we're dealing with, and he's got to you know, suck it up. But still, you do have to play, 
And uh, it's not easy to get the body revved up and then, you know, shut it down and get it revved up again. And that's what he admitted. So uh, that, that the old question, rest or rest, right? Mm-hmm. Will they be stale or will they be ready to play? And I think it'll be a little of both on offense. In defense, on defense, I, I just don't see it. I, I, I see the Steelers as always ready. They have been in their history. They've been blitzing the quarterback since I was 12 years old, and they're still doing it. Like, did you that they blitzed the quarterback this year? 54 percent of the opponents dropbacks. That's not not only number one in the NFL. If it holds, it would be number one by any team in the NFL in the last. 15 years, dating back to 2005. Yeah, and I know going back to the Andy Reid days, uh, the Eagles always seem to struggle against a 3-4 look, which is what Pittsburgh brings. So they get you guys, and that's where I'm a little concerned with Maialata. You don't see a lot of 3-4s, but that that could be the area where they show him some looks that he really hasn't seen yet. Because last week he had a guy lined up over him pretty much the entire night. Yet, yet, those are all true. Uh, but the Eagles historically have not really had that much problem with Pittsburgh. You know, their, their overall record historically is way above 500. And if you remember in Carson Wentz's rookie year, Ben Roethlisberger got his face mask handed to him by Carson Wentz. Yeah. What was that, like 36 to 6? Right? I don't think they scored six points. I'm not sure if they did, but yes, it was a it was a wipeout. It, it was, and it's funny you bring that up because obviously uh, both these teams like to get to the quarterback, and, and in an advanced age, Roethlisberger, you know, he's he was always good at eluding. Uh, but the Eagles they rushed the passer pretty well the last two games. So do we have faith that that's something they can do against this Pittsburgh offensive line, which is is better than it's been in the past? Right, so that's exactly my point. My point is the strength of both of these teams, the Steelers and the Eagles, is the front seven, mostly the front four for Philadelphia. And so if they can get after Ben, if Ben is a little rusty, a little stale, as he's proclaiming that he is, um, you know, they're going to be in the game. They're going to be in the game. I remember saying to you last week, I think, that for whatever it is, The Eagles have always had success in San Francisco and in California. Whenever they've had their backs to the wall, when they go to California, they seem to just play well. And I think that's the case in Pittsburgh. Well, they'll go to Pittsburgh. You can hear the game right here on 97.3 ESPN. And obviously they're going to go. I want to ask you, too, about the linebacking situation. Schwartz said that Geary's been good, that, you know, people on outside of the building, they don't know what they're talking about. Uh, but, you know, he does more good than bad. Then Edwards got hurt. The kid Singleton comes in the game, made the interception. Um, is that an area that the Steelers can exploit? Because, man, Kittle just killed him the other night. Yeah, that will be. Absolutely. But Ben's going to go deep to Juju Smith-Schuster. You know he's going to do that. He's going to test the Eagles. That's that's the thing that the Eagles absolutely cannot afford to do. Get behind early with the deep ball. Because then what happens? Then, you know, that 54% blitz on Carson Wentz becomes 64%, 74%. Before you know it, Carson Wentz is dropping back 49 times. 
And, you know, they're climbing all over him for four quarters. <laughs> so that's the key. Let Ben dink and dunk. That's fine. Yeah. Don't give up the big play. And for gosh sakes, don't turn it over. Don't give that Eagles defense a short field. Were you uh... – <laughs> Uh, I don't know. Did, did Carson Wentz show you enough that he's coming around? Because I think it was two weeks ago that you mentioned that, you know, it's like Chuck Knobloch syndrome that he has. Here we are two weeks later. Does it feel like he's turning the corner a little bit? No, no. Go back and watch the game and then look at the numbers. The numbers and his performance match up, Mike. Look, actually, look at the number of passing yards per game. Mike, they've gone down each of the last four weeks. Down. A lot of, each of the last four weeks. Hasn't even come close to 300 yards in a season where we have a record number of points scored, A, and a record number of touchdowns thrown, B. The Eagles are just not partaking in this gluttony of points. No, in fact, uh, they're one of the worst offenses uh, going right now. And you mentioned they got no big play guys right now. Does that change when he gets his guys back, or is this what it like? If he has Deshaun, Alshon, Rieger playing in the second half of the year, is this what we're still seeing, or will that evolve as he gets guys back? Mike, that's like asking me. Does that change for me once I get my brown hair back and I get rid of all the gray? <laughs> Well, we're hoping that he – look, he had training camp with all those guys, and then all of a sudden you take him away, he's got to start to learn how to use new guys all of a sudden. That's where you're supposed to say no, Sal. You look good either way. <laughs> you look great, man. You look great. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you know what I'm saying. It's, yeah. it's a bunch of ifs. Who knows? We don't know. Well, all we know is what we see, and he's still aiming the ball. He's still missing the field. That's all true. He made a great play to Travis, who made a great play on the ball at a critical juncture. Let's call it what it was. That's what it was. And they turned. They got Mullins and then the other guy to turn it over. I love when people say, well, C.J. Beathard had played the whole game. The Eagles would have lost. Yeah, if Joe Montana had played the whole game, the Eagles would have lost too. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it was just two banged-up teams. The battle of attrition, you got to get through that in this uh, season. I've been saying that for weeks, Mike. Weeks, I've been saying. That's why it's so difficult to predict. When people say, well, is he going to get better when his players get better? Which players coming back? A, we don't know. We don't know who's testing positive. We don't know who's out there. We have all these soft tissue injuries because there's no preseason. Right. No preseason games. Harley Eddie hitting in camp is seeing it all over the place, but we're not seeing is this. And this is important. And this is the reason why the NFL has said, go ahead and have your offensive hold. They don't want the quarterbacks to get hurt. The ratings will really suffer if the quarterbacks go down. And while we've seen injuries and attrition, we haven't seen the widespread injury at the quarterback position, and that is by design. A lot of quarterbacks, yes, have uh, remained upright this season. That's a good point. By the way, uh, Roethlisberger. Who by the missed... way, did you see? By the way, did you see Doug Peterson? Doug Peterson, I believe. Have your guys down at AC. Check this out. I do believe Doug Peterson has the best record of the spread of any head coach in the last 10 years in the league, straight up. That I have to take a look at. That we definitely want to look into. 
Best record in the league. I think it the, is. All right. Doug Peterson. Who do you like? So, Doug Peterson versus Tomlin. Who do you like there? I like Dougie P. Hmm. All right. I mean, Tomlin's, I don't know. I mean, he's widely regarded as one of the best. He's just been there so long, I guess. Uh, people almost forget that he's been there because there's so much turnover there. But I think that's interesting because I thought Peterson got the better of uh, Shanahan last week. All right, here it is. I got the number for you. I just I just pulled it out of my briefcase. Doug Peterson, outright, as an underdog, including the playoffs, has the best win percentage of any head coach in the Super Bowl era. Excuse huh. me. Huh. Against the number. I'm telling you, outright as an underdog, including the playoffs. Oh, outright as an underdog. Outright. Outright. Mikey, Mike. Outright as an underdog. How about that? Since the Super Bowl era. Makes sense. Of the head coach. Well, it makes a lot of sense. They were the underdog in every game in the playoffs uh, for the last couple of years, right? And they won three, four uh, against the Bears. I mean, that's a heck of They had one last week outright. That was a nine-point spread, too. He's won set. How many head coaches can say they've won 17 outright as an underdog in their career? 17. Yeah, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Well, they're in that spot. You like spot. that number? I do you like that number. I, I like that number a lot, by the way. <laughs> Uh, they're in that spot. That's why Johnny G is paying me to be on my deal right there. That's it. <laughs> I like that number a lot. They're going to need to do it again. If they are to do it, Sal Powell, what are those keys? Don't turn the ball over. Don't turn the ball over. Don't turn the ball over. If they don't turn the ball over, they will win the game. Mike, listen to me. If they don't turn the ball over, they're good enough to beat the Steelers. And I think they will, unfortunately, turn the ball over. <laughs> and I think that they will lose, but they will cover. And I think they'll lose 23-20. to 20. All right, 23-20, Sal Pal here on a Sal Pal Friday on the Sports Bass Live on 97.3 ESPN. Don't forget, we've got it coming up. It is Merrill and Mike. They'll have the call right here on 97.3 ESPN, the Eagles and the Steers. He's Sal Pal Antonio. And he like all. You liked that number, didn't you? You liked it, huh? Got excited about that. And listen, oh, I like that you pulled it out of your briefcase. I like that you had it in the briefcase and pulled it right out live on the air. I get that stuff from Evan Kaplan of ESPN Stats and Information. He's the guru, but I call him the rabbi. He's the man. <laughs> Speaking of ESPN Stats and Information, which I have up in front of me here, the Steelers have caused a sack or duress on 43% of dropbacks. Not good news for Carson Wentz because he has not been good when pressured. Yeah, and see, the thing is, you're going to call, I'm going to call your show next week, and you'll be like, Sal, pal, you called him to cover, but you didn't call him to win. And I'm going to say, Mike, I'm smart, but I'm not crazy. <laughs> hey, let's keep that rolling. Let's say, hey, they're cover, but not win. We'll see if that can keep that going. Uh, it is a uh, Sal Pal Antonio, Sal Pal Friday here. Thanks to Johnny G and the people at Burger uh, who supply uh, each week uh, Sal Pal here on the Sports Bash. Sal, have a great weekend, my friend. Hey, stay positive, test negative, brother. <laughs> That's a good one. I like that. All right. Uh, thanks to Sal Pal Antonio here on the Sports Bash. I will do my best. Uh, so far, that has been the case, though. No positive test for me at this point. That's good. I'm very happy to hear that. Man, Sal Pal, he's electric. I wonder if he still holds it against me that I didn't record the uh, video between him and 
LeBron James in the locker room. Excuse me? We were in the locker room. The Sixers played the, the Cavs a couple years ago. It was me, LeBron James, and Sal Powell. Did you have the job to do it? Well, we were sitting there just talking. And then LeBron told Sal that he watched him on NFL, um, the matchup show. Okay. So they were having a conversation. If I just pulled my phone out and started recording, I'd feel like... Uh, I agree. I think you did the right thing. Am I? Should I know this story, by the way? I don't know. I've told it before. Oh, okay. Yeah, I just never heard you tell it before. Yeah, so I, I mean, I, I think would, you're in the right, though. By why not doing you, it. Yeah, why would you pull out your phone and just start recording them? Yeah, and then he's like, did you record that? I was like, no. <laughs> of course not. I'm standing there. It's me, LeBron James, and Sal Powell. I'm going to pull my phone out and be that guy? No. Sorry, Sal. One hell of a trio, though, huh? Yeah. It's yeah. a good trio. Yep. Hey, LeBron, this is my friend Mike Gill. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right, Sports Pass Live, 97.3 ESPN. Uh, it's brought to you by GMS Law. Make the right call. They've got four convenient locations to serve you. Online at gmslaw.com. That's Sal Palantonio. I'm Mike Gill. He's Hunter Brody. Follow me on Twitter, at Mike Gill Show. That's at Mike Gill Show on Twitter. He's at Broads. 81, and of course, we got another Sports Bash Cash code word coming up for you in nine minutes. 73 ESPN. All right, it is a busy happy hour Friday. Yes, indeed, happy hour Friday right here on the Sports Bash, and it's, uh, it's a busy day. We got the anytime hotline calls with people's. Uh, thoughts on the Eagles and the Steelers will play in the next hour. You can always text your thoughts in 609-403-0973 on the PlaySugarHouse.com text board. 609-403-0973 on the PlaySugarHouse.com text board. Let's uh, run through last night's uh, five. Yeah, this one was interesting. I thought you were crazy when you picked it, but turns out you were right. Tom Brady over under one and a half touchdown passes. You went under. He had one touchdown pass. Yeah, Bears defense pretty good and uh, lacking weapons was the uh, thought process there. Yeah, Gronk over under 37 and a half passing yards. He actually had the over as well. You're uh, 2-0 and so far to start. Yeah, Gronk uh, I thought would be a bigger part of the offense with O.J. Howard. No Godwin. They had uh, Fournette didn't really play last night, so thought Gronk would be a bigger part of the offense. And this is where you go on a little downhill slide. Losing three in a row. Nick Foles over under 249 and a half passing yards. He did not have the over. He finished just shy. Hmm. Bucks, you went minus three and a half. Did not happen. And you went with the race to close out the series. Yeah, that was disappointing. Yeah. Yeah, I, I that game was a little bit of a snooze for what that series was all about. You know, like that was one of the Yankees kind of had the lead. They ran with it and it was what it was, you know. But I'm expecting a good one tonight. Guys, when uh, Victorino hit the Grand Slam for the Red Sox and helped them win the World Series, were you happy for him? When when Victorino hit a Grand Slam for the Red Sox, it helped them win the World oh, Series. No. Were you happy for him? Absolutely not. It's yeah, the Boston once, Red Sox. I mean, once he was gone, I didn't really pay no. attention to him. It's the Boston Red Sox. Why would I ever root for them to succeed? They win all the, like, the Boston sports. I don't ever want to see them win. Well, they didn't win for That's true. a long, long time. But good. Keep that going as long as possible, which is weird because I'm a Brady's man and I like to see him succeed. So it was a weird pickle for me. 
Uh, Wentz isn't a bad quarterback. He's an average middle-of-the-pack quarterback, and he's regressing. They say you can evaluate a player after first three years. What's your evaluation? Can you win a Super Bowl with Wentz? I say no. Um, he appears to have either flatlined or taken a step back. I'm not going to debate that. I think that's accurate. Um, can you evaluate a player after the first three years? Sure, he's in his fifth year. The problem is in his third year was his best year. Well, the third it was his second year that they went on that Super Bowl round, right? Was it Yeah, yeah it was the second, second year. year. Second year. So, yeah, after 3 years I looked at like the whole thing, he seems probably he, he had the knee injury yeah. and that could be a factor as to why he has regressed a little bit. See, but I'm the way I view the NFL and how it works is you just can't keep moving on, moving on, move this guy, move on from this guy like you need to have a, you got to stick with your guy sometimes. Like, okay, so he might be average this year, but what happens if next year he has a year like 2017? Like, all these quarterbacks that are elite in this league, they have years like Drew Brees where you go 7-9, 7-9, 7-9. But it's Drew Brees. Do you just give up on Drew Brees after three seasons of 7-9? Or do you stick with them because you know that there's something in there that you can tap into? That's the challenge right now. Like you say, Wentz last year was good. He wasn't great. The year before, he was good. He wasn't great. The year before that, he was great. Are you sitting through the two good, not great years to get back to that year, or are you waiting too long for that year to come back? That's the challenge. That's the, like, five years in, how long do you wait for that 2017 production to come back? I think that's the tightrope that you walk. I'm not giving up on it after this season. I told you, and this is the same with Doug Peterson, is, you know, I'll give them this year, and then next year is really telling. But I also, I also think that's why they take Hurts, saying, we'll give you two more years, and if by two more years you're no good, we got another guy. That's seven years. All right, Sports Bash Cash Code Word. Here you go. It's the first one today. You could win up to $10,000. All you need to do is enter the word FEET, F-E-E-T, FEET, on our website, 973ESPN.com, or use the free mobile app, and you can win up to $10,000. The more words you enter, the more money you can win, thanks to Jersey Shore Federal Credit Union in the Peachtree Plaza in Hamilton. The word is FEET.